Well, there's a lot going on in our readings today, a lot to preach about, um, but I think I'm going to have to focus my efforts mostly on the second reading today from St. Paul's letter to the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Um, and it's a reading that I think probably many of us are at least familiar with, or we've heard it before maybe. Uh, it's read lots of times at weddings, this reading about love and how uh, the beauty of love and how love never fails. Um, and we hear this reading from St. Paul and we automatically are attracted to it. We hear those words and we say, yeah, that's what I want in my life. I want that enduring love in my life. I want that love that never fails. We're automatically attracted to it, brothers and sisters, because we are made for love. We are made by God to be in a relationship of love with him and with our brothers and sisters, our neighbors. Um, and so as we look at this reading today, I think there's three big questions that we have to ask about it to help us understand how that relationship of love works with God and with our neighbor. So the first question comes at the very end of that reading that we heard this morning. St. Paul says, faith, hope, and love remain, but the greatest of these is love. Okay, so simply the question is, why is love the greatest? Why isn't faith or hope the greatest of those three? Why is love the greatest of the virtues? Um, and the answer is simply this, brothers and sisters, because we have been made by love, so God who is love, to be in a relationship of love with him. We are made by love for love. And think of it this way. When we get to heaven, we're not going to need faith anymore. There's no faith in heaven because what we believe in now, what we have faith in now, will be immediately present to us when we're in heaven. It's the same with hope. We won't need hope anymore once we're in heaven. The thing that we hope for now, God, will be present to us. We won't need faith or hope in heaven. But there will still be love. Love is that uh, virtue that's constitutive of who we are. We are made by love for love. And there's a principle in Catholic theology uh, that says that whatever is in God is God. Whatever is in God is God. So sometimes we talk about God being all good or all beautiful or something like that. We say this and we don't simply mean that God is just full of goodness or beauty or has a lot of goodness or beauty, but that God is goodness itself. God is beauty itself. And it's the same with love. God is love itself. We are made by love for love, to be in that relationship of love with him and with our neighbors. So that's the answer to the first question. Uh, love is the greatest because it constitutes who we are. We're made by love for love. But then the second question is, okay, I get that, Father. Um, how do I live that out? How do I love my neighbors? How do I love the people around me who I don't want to love? How do I love the people who I'm never going to have contact with? How do I love the guy in traffic who cuts me off? He makes me really angry. But I'm never actually going to have a meeting with him, probably. I'm never actually going to talk to him, most likely. How do I love that guy? How do I love the other people in my life who make me angry or who do things that, don't, that I don't like? How do I love the politicians who enact legislation that's evil? 
How do I love those people? Those are good questions. And the answer, brothers and sisters, is in the same way that Jesus Christ loves us. Jesus Christ sacrifices himself for our good. He literally lays down his life so that we can have the possibility of salvation. So that we can be in that relationship with, of love with him for eternity. The essence of love, brothers and sisters, is that we lay down our own lives for the good of the people around us. So the way that you love that guy in traffic, the way that you love that politician who you don't like, is to will the good for them, to want what's good for them, to choose to do something that will help them. And specifically, I mean praying. If you can force yourself in that moment in traffic when you get mad at somebody, if you can force yourself in that moment to say, okay, I'm mad, but I choose to love this person. I choose to want them to go to heaven. I choose to ask Jesus right now to open their hearts and fill their hearts with his love so that they can be a saint. That's how we love them, is to desire what's good for them and do what we can to affect that good. Um, and it's not easy. You know, it's not fun sometimes to do that. But we know that we can make choices that don't feel good sometimes, right? When my alarm goes off in the morning, I don't want to get up, but I choose to do it anyway. We can choose those things that don't necessarily feel good. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to lay down our life like Jesus Christ for the good of the people around us. So that's one way we can pray for those people. Um, but especially in your daily life too, in terms of the people who you have regular contact with, you can also stand up for what's right. You can also continue to preach the gospel to them. You can also be a good example to them through what you do and say, but also through what you don't do and what you don't say. Parents think of it this way. Sometimes you have to tell your kids things that they don't want to hear. Sometimes you have to not let them do the things that they want to do. That's not because you want to squash their fun or see them suffer or something like that. No, it's because you know that if they did that thing, whatever it is that they want to do, it would be bad for them. And to love them means to do what's good for them in that moment. And we, brothers and sisters, as holders of the gospel message, the truth, the goodness, the beauty of the gospel, we are called to preach that. To preach the good news, to give people the truth. And that's how we love them, because that's good for them. So that's the answer to the second question. We love the people around us, even perhaps the people who we'll never meet, by doing what's good for them, by praying and by continuing to preach the truth. And then the last question is, well, okay, Father, I get that. I get that we're called to be in a relationship of love with God and with the people around us. I get that we're called to do what's good for them. But how do I do that? How do I have the strength? How do I have the courage to do that? How do I get the love in my own heart first so that I can give it to the people around me? Because we know that we can't give people something that we don't have. How do I fill my heart with the love of Jesus Christ first? And that's the central question. 
It's through the sacraments, brothers and sisters. It's by receiving Jesus Christ himself. When we come to Mass, when we encounter the Eucharist, and you've heard me say this many times before, it's not simply a symbol of Jesus Christ. It's not just us here remembering what happened at the Last Supper. It's more than that. It's Jesus Christ himself made present to us in this sacrament, body, blood, soul, and divinity, truly in that Eucharist. When we consume the Eucharist, we really have God himself, love itself, living within us. And I know that's hard to understand. I know that's hard to recognize, especially when the host looks like a piece of bread. It smells like a piece of bread. It tastes like a piece of bread. But it's not. It's Jesus himself. And this is what we call in Catholic theology transubstantiation. Maybe you've heard that word before. But it literally means that even though it looks like bread and wine, it's not anymore. It's a different substance. It's actually God himself under the appearances of bread and wine. That's what we believe as Catholics. And if we receive Jesus Christ well, if we open our hearts to him and truly try ever more to understand what's happening when we receive those sacraments, the Lord is going to fill you with his love through all of the sacraments, but specifically through the Eucharist. We come to Mass, brothers and sisters, to truly receive Jesus Christ. That's how we get filled with his love. That's how we have the love and the strength and the courage and everything else that we need to love people when it's not easy, to do what's good for them, to sacrifice ourselves for them, to carry our cross with Jesus Christ, even when it's not easy. The Eucharist is the source and the summit of our faith. And we must receive it each week to be able to keep going. And so I encourage all of us as we receive the Eucharist today, as we participate in this Mass, to truly open our hearts to Jesus Christ, to invite him into our lives, to fill us with his love so that we can fulfill that command that he has given us to love the people around us and to be in a relationship of love with him. Brothers and sisters, we are made by love for love. Receive the love that he has for you so that you can be the good disciple that he calls you to be.